welcome to another gorgeous episode of The Mamas and the Appas, a podcast discussing the Avatar universe's folklore, episode by episode. We are your hosts, Eric Lefebvre, Dr. Amber Jones, and Jessica Tercero. We're continuing our journey through Avatar The Last Airbender, book two, Earth. It's getting sexy in here. It's chapter 13, The Drill. In this chapter, a big phallus attempts to penetrate the supposed impenetrable walls of Ba Sing Se. Ah, oh so my the God. famous walls of Ba Sing Se. The, the, the famous walls seen by many. Yes. <laughs> I would like to start off by complaining Traveled about Netflix. by many. <laughs> yes. I want to complain yeah. about Netflix because they smushed together episode 12 and 13 um, into one mega episode. Um, that's a problem for two reasons. One, uh, they changed the title of it in um, in Netflix for some reason. And two, um, the episodes don't even go together. Like, this is not, like, I mean, they're they're completely different, and I hated it. And uh, each of the episodes... The Netflix title is like this uh, Fire Nation Secrets or something, but episode 12 and 13 have nothing to do with that. And they like there have are their own. no secrets in the episode. None. None. I mean, in, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it makes me very mad. And I'm mad at you, Netflix. It makes no sense. And I don't know what the justification is because it's so much more work, right? To like, combine them when in fact they're already segmented as episodes yeah why like it's not a two-parter it's clearly not like Like, the action continues from one point to another but that's easy to show that's every episode yeah Yeah. (laughs) like if they just want to say like no time passes between that episode and this episode there's ways of doing that it's literally the very the last like frame from the last episode is the first frame in this episode (laughs) like that's how you do it (laughs) so uh, who knows who knows who made this decision but we're Um, here we're here to discuss (laughs) the drill yeah drill of all drills big old drill big old drill make inchworming its way across the desert Mm -hmm. ready Um, to complete who knows from whence it came but we know Azula, Tylee, and um, May. May, oh my god. We know that they're on it, and we know that Azula is essentially in charge of this operation. Uh, um, truly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So much so, like, they have their own throne room in the big phallus that comes up from the phallus. Like, there's, <laughs> there's an, like, the, the dick gets its own heart on. Yeah. Um, and right in the head <laughs> is the throne room um, that conveniently has this place for Azula and her two friends. And that like framing is just, it's so beautiful and badass. Like yeah. as a, a, a young girl who came up in the 90s who was very invested in like the bad girl like not so much bad girl that wasn't quite right but like angry girl like thing or like we're tough and all of you like look down on us but we're actually way more powerful than you even know girl power is a good way of like showing it 
I also like the Daria think of, adjacent. Yeah, like Dar girls who watch Daria. I yeah. also um oh what is that? Tank girl for some yes. reason yes. comes to mind. I knew that you would be you would know exactly what I'm talking about. Like girls <laughs> who watched Tank Girl at their sleepovers. Mm-hmm. Like that was like the look mm-hmm. of seeing Azula on the throne with her two friends, just like like we're such bosses. Like they built our bossness into this giant dick. <laughs> and the way the way that they're performing it too, it's like, oh, this old mission. Oh God, wake me up yes. when I can actually contribute. Like, yes, I am so bored by this. Like arguably record-breaking mission like this is the thing that iroh one of the most powerful war chiefs in fire nation history couldn't accomplish and suddenly it's being heralded by the daughter yeah uh, azula and her and her friends are like whatever yeah okay whatever also wake me up when we get there like Like, tylee (laughs) who is like a young girl takes on like the most badass of like the the earth nation's defenses yeah. like it's nothing single-handedly like sure may jumps out but she's like you know what these guys yeah. suck i'm so bored and tylee literally just takes away the entire like squad's yeah. bending and it's just like oh <laughs> I'm so there's perfect. a whole I'm triumphant pan of tylee like they're panning her from the bottom like looking up and there she's just like wasted this whole battalion and and it's just like you don't fucking know who tylee is (laughs) she did that with a giggle like no effort uh honestly i mean she had some very stiff competition, but Tylee is the badass of this episode. Yeah. Hands down. Totally. Like also like, so before her and May go down to like beat up all the earthbenders, like Tylee is the one who's sitting on the throne. She has her little view master thing. And she's just like, what about those muscly guys? Like, so just to like to connect with Eric's point, like not only are they sitting on this throne, like May is like literally like twirling her little knives around and like they look kind of bored like teenagers. They're also making the grown men look like complete fucking idiots. With zero effort. Like zero. With, with, with not even a percent of effort. It's like, oh, I'll just be right back. Like It's essentially, I have to go to the bathroom. Let me go take out an army and then I'll be back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're like. And honestly, I feel like it's the strongest the trio has really been. Um, What's interesting with Azula and her friends is Azula is quick to go off on her own. Like we've seen her do that over and over and over again with them. Like part of it is she trusts, she knows that her friends are badasses and they're going to do exactly what she tells them to do. Um, but I feel like she does, they don't do as much all together. And that's part of what limits their power. Mm-hmm. If they work together, like the Aang gang, <laughs> like this would be their world. Like, especially like cool. if May had just, which I love May for this, where she was like, I am not getting that fucking no. gross water you like i i don't care azula can fucking kill me like at least something yeah. will happen but like i'm not getting in there if she had gone down with 
uh, with Tylee, they probably mm-hmm. could have taken him together. Yeah, you're right. Uh, who knows? Um, I mean, Katara did have like the perfect counter to it, but just like I'm just gonna bend water around you so you can't fucking move, bitch. Totally. Well, this like... is also one of those things that I thought when it happened, I was like, oh, if May had jumped in behind her. She wouldn't have been out by the time that it got blocked, and she would have probably drowned. Mm. Oh. She legit would have probably drowned. You know yeah, maybe. Unbeknownst to anybody. But hey, here. if we're in the R-rated version, exactly. she'd be like, "Yeah, and I drowned your friend." Oh, um, sorry. Where's your friend? Did she come? I with also want to point you? out, like, not only does like May refuse to jump in the slurry after they take the uh drill down and it's like you know it's like exploded from the inside out and like may opens that little door she still doesn't have anything on her <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i love me so, like yeah <laughs> it was like may is the best she was like oh this is fucked let me get in this closet because i'm not getting that on my outfit also like yeah. how like again such a good choice for Zuko to partner with because she's not afraid of Azula right and like her willingness to like stand up for like mm-hmm. so many she's like Azula's not even here yeah she can throw whatever she wants at me I'm not getting in that shit yeah also um, there was that moment where Tai Lee was like Usaka's hot I never noticed that before but like mm-hmm. yeah. like that was I don't know again to me know it felt kind of weird because like i didn't really I mean, like bold to do it in front of her lover but yes <laughs> i don't know i don't know if that was like thrown in there as like oh look Sokka's coming into his own he's like a man now and women are noticing like in every i don't know if it's true or not because i haven't watched the, the entire series with this context but like mm. is like you know the past couple episodes i mean we had like suki we had um mm. uh ua right in all of yeah. these episodes like is if there's a woman are they gonna have to comment on Sokka being hot as like a uh like i don't know hetero propaganda yeah i don't know yeah <laughs> well i also kind of like if if it is a choice to like make him the object of desire I do like that from what we know of him in the same way that like most hot people are bad (laughs) just in terms of like like they're like oh wow he's hot but in reality he's like the weakest link of the group Mm. like so much so that in this episode he's spending the entire time trying to find his place in it like what if i was the team leader what if we were a team and what if we were named this and like i want to be a part of the group he feels like such an outsider like he doesn't have he doesn't have well he doesn't know where he stands, sort of. Yeah. And it seems Not almost yet. like an identity but crisis. Like, a little. at the same time, like the group is like, Sokka, what's our plan? You're the plan guy. Like, this is the first yeah. episode, I think, yeah. where they like look at Sokka and they're like, no, you come up with the good strategies. And he is so capable because, like, he, yeah. like, um, he's like, okay, cool. We're going to take down the drill. Let's get inside. He, you know, they get the plans. He effort- effortlessly reads these mechanical plans, which I was super impressed with. Uh, like, the quickness of him, like, deciphering that as somebody that's seen, like, mm-hmm. mechanical plans and been like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> like, I had to, like, study to know what everything is. But he was able to, like, be there and be like, cool, this is what we're going to do. And this is how we're gonna do it like so he's he's kind of a buffoon but he is incredibly capable and i think Mm, everybody's starting to recognize that even if like he isn't the greatest at being like you know like 
Oh, wow. Um, I'm going through puberty. I'm sorry. Um, he isn't the greatest at being like, you know, being a leader here. I kind of like that we yeah. see him fail a little bit as he's trying mm -hmm. this on and getting this respect. But yeah. like, um, but yeah, I, I think this is just part of his growth. But people are starting like they're starting to recognize, oh, yeah, Sokka has the plans. Sokka is the reason that this is going to happen. That's true. Yeah, that's I. I forgot that that's like the whole other part of this too. We're like maybe he doesn't necessarily see himself as capable because he's not a bender, but then they're all like, no, no, you're capable. You're literally the plan guy. Mm -hmm. You give us a plan. What do we do next? And we'll execute it. Like, what are we doing? That's true. Um, Momo. Okay. Uh, Segwaying to Momo. I didn't realize that Momo could, could like fly with so much weight. <laughs> like, cause we oh, see yeah. him like, pick up yeah. Aang and like fly up and like that takes some force I mean Aang is probably what like 60 pounds like mm -hmm. with you know and like um, Momo is probably about 10 so yeah. I was like That's super impressed I didn't yeah, know that and, like, he, he had that lift all of Aang's weight but he like lifts him up enough that he can get on his feet he takes him to the top yeah, yeah. And it was like, I was like, oh, wow, Momo's kind of ripped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like common and handy, Momo. Um, I do like, because I, I know in the last episode we talked about the jokes at Toph's expense. Yeah. And how we're starting to see that more regularly. They did one in this one that I felt like is getting back to good jokes mm -hmm. about Toph, right? Like mm -hmm. Toph digs a hole underneath the, the drill and suddenly it's dark, mm -hmm. and uh, Sokka's like, oh, no, I can't see anything. Mm -hmm. Fuck, this is so horrible. Mm -hmm. And Toph is like, oh, yeah, what a fucking nightmare, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is really shitty, huh? And he's yeah. like, oh, shit, yeah. sorry. Like, <laughs> like yeah, check you're yourself. Right. Yeah, it's like, you're right, my bad. That, you're right. Got check, it, got check it. Check out where, where I am. Yes, 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 also yes. that, and those, go ahead. Yeah, those, I'm just saying, those are the jokes yeah. that I like. Because, again, it gives the power back to Toph mm -hmm. in a way yeah. that's not like, oh, I'm a feeble little baby. It's like, she's not. She's like arguably the most, the most powerful one here. Mm. And I just like it when she takes the ownership of it and then like kind of makes them eat it yeah. instead of just I'm, I'm, I'm little and I'm small and like, oh yeah, don't joke about me. It's like, you can joke about me, but I'm going to make fun of you. Dummy. Like, yeah, I'm going to make you feel it. Like I'm not, you're fine and it's okay. But like, Stop making ableist jokes. <laughs> like, please remember, remember who I am. I don't make you yeah, remember like, who I am because I'm top. You can and you're see like, yeah, my disability and not see me as lesser for it. Yes. Those, like, that doesn't have to exist at the same time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what's interesting just with, with uh, Sokka because I do think a lot of the jokes come from the place of him f just completely forgetting that she's a person with a dis disability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when it slips, it's like, oh, fuck. And I like it because it is just, again, about confronting ableist mm. language and yeah. expectation. Even though he doesn't see Toph as somebody with a disability, the way that he communicates and the way that he sees things as bad and how that is mm -hmm. in tangent, yeah. re tangential relationship with badness, like, yeah. or with badness as something that people with disabilities have. like it's just cool to watch him checking the way that he communicates and the, yeah. the way that he views things with Toph's help of course I it's do just, think I like it that 
there's a line though they have to be careful of because it's you know i love the addition of disabled characters in this show but also they always present it in a way where like yeah but they have some ability to make their disability even more invisible to us so mm. that we totally disregard their disability because we're thinking oh well they have all of these things she can and still I feel see. like that is yeah yeah, yeah like they, she can see better than us and I'm yeah. like that is not the point yeah. yeah the point is not to make it so like you can be friends with disabled people because sometimes like they have a way of living even better than you and like you won't even see their chair anymore you won't even see this and it's like yeah no like a disabled person could just be disabled they don't have to have some extra thing that makes up for it so that they don't they're not a drain on anybody else around them mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's like they i don't maybe didn't think about how they were just like yeah look at these disabled people but also we're going to give them some way so that they can like live like us normals mm-hmm. yeah they're they're normal adjacent instead of like yeah because that, that would be a, I, yeah, I think that that would be more of a, mm-hmm. a more earnest conversation yeah. about sort of li- the lives of people with disabilities, just in terms of like, what if it wasn't a disability that was like, you could, you could just sort of like blend, or what if, yeah. what if Toph was blind, but wasn't as powerful, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. or as capable in the way that, like, she's kind of our strongest player. Here. Well, yeah. and where her disability um, isn't, you know, zeroed out, right? Like, in yeah. Um, yeah. within, like, her capability and, you know, how she navigates the world, right? One of the shows mm. that I think did a really good job of that recently was, I don't know if any, either of you watched Hawkeye, but um, there's mm-hmm. a deaf character who's, like, the head of this gang there. Mm-hmm. And we see them signing. We, like, we, there's mm-hmm. moments where, like. I did watch. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought that that was really well done because yeah. it wasn't, like, oh, she that. can hear. And, like, oh, like, it's fine. She was just a badass that happened to be deaf. And she still kicked ass throughout the whole thing. Like, and I thought that that was really, um, that was a good depiction of that and i would like to see more of that people just being badass and like this you know disability Mm -hmm. or you know uh like being uh just a part of their character instead of the entire character or instead of negating it like they do with toff yeah i don't know would you say the same thing about that character and how they were yeah i i would need to go back and rewatch to fully take it on but I do remember like positive conversations around how disability was uh depicted in that show and like cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's been a minute since I watched it too but like having this conversation it was like I remember feeling a way about this like cool like maybe this is moving forward and and I think it's just going from that Again, like you were saying, Amber, the conversation around like the inclusion, I think base level, fantastic. I'm happy there are characters with disabilities and yeah. shows. And it's not just, oh, we're not going to touch it. Yes. We're not going to talk about it. Like, because yeah. I think, like, that you're bad. Just, or on. just make her like inspiration porn. 
Exactly. Like she's she is a flawed person just like everyone else yeah. is a flawed person and this is a part of who she is. Um but I do think you're right just in terms of like more like a variety of types of disabilities as far as like visibility is concerned mm-hmm. within characters in these stories like it can't just be exceptional people with disabilities yes. it should be like there should be more of a conversation about like a variety of people and not just one kind of person mm-hmm. yeah that yeah. the experience of disability can afford you of a lot of unique valuable experiences without you having to also be a superhero for people to like connect with it yeah or for people to see value in you yeah like oh well they're disabled but like they're kind of like the strongest person exactly Mm -hmm. because i know that like at least myself on the podcast sometimes i will get into that like she's blind but she's the strongest Mm -hmm. and like yes that is true but it isn't necessarily like the best way to depict somebody with disabilities in terms of like these narratives. Either way, tough fucks. She's sick. All I love her in every capacity. Yeah. Also, early here, we're getting this. I, I feel like this is where she starts thinking about metal. Her yes. Aang. Because yes. Aang is like, there if only I could bend metal. Like he straight up says it. And I was like, Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah, because she's like, I can't go in there because it's metal. I can't do anything yeah. with that. And I'm sure that sparks the seed in her brain of like, like what if I why could though? can't I? <laughs> yeah, like, what, what's stopping me actually? Yeah. Like, I know that that's technically a reality yeah, now, but Tuff why? Like, I'm not afraid of this thing. I just don't know the right angle to it. And if I don't know what I can do, I, like I don't want to stand around with nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah literally totally which i think is smart because like i mean be on the ground she's knows where she's capable she knows where she's her strongest like yeah start puncturing some holes in the bottom of this big old dick let's go (laughs) she's so capable everybody's okay with her burying them alive in this like i was saying that i was terrified like she makes a hole she's like get the fuck in and she seals it and i was like they're fucking they're buried alive Uh, like i like you have to really trust somebody and their ability in order to like, I've, yeah. like, yeah. No question, jump in the hole. Mm-hmm. Like, speaking of, again, going back to my girl, Tylee, like, she's the baddest of this episode because of just like how she really shows her value. Um, like the look on my girl's face when she jumped in that slurry, like, I'm gonna get the <laughs> and it was like no hesitation, not she was like shrug, jump in. And I'm just like, like, this is ride or die. Like I respect it no matter what. Mm-hmm. I just respect Which, it. I mean, it also adds to the like our questioning about Tidley's relationship to Azula earlier mm-hmm. on that we had discussed, right? There is a level of like, oh well, Tidley's sort of like the soft, innocent, malleable like friend, confidant, yeah. possible romantic partner, and I like that we're seeing that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we're seeing why Azula sees what she sees. Yeah, in her. like because this, I Azula this, was not surprised yeah. at any of it. Nope, no. There's like a there's like a a vicious level of like what what like not compa- like um what is the term for like I'm gonna like do whatever I need to do for you. It's like a ruthless um 
I'll do whatever you say, no matter what. Yeah. But what it, is that it, word? it's not like, but not like a mindless, I'll follow you. It's like, no, it like, she's a believer. Yeah. Like, she's like on her team. There's yeah, a word for it. In an acolyte or like a. I like acolyte a lot. Yeah. Uh, There's like a, oh. Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not going to get hung up on this word. Yeah, it's but... just but yeah, she shows that like no, my bitch Azula said this is what we're doing. Um And I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to do it no matter what. I'm going to jump in there. I'm going to get them. I know where they're going. I know how to find them and I know how to stop them and I'm going to stop them. And mm-hmm. I feel like what Tylee gets out of it is someone who sees all of that value that she has Mm -hmm. because honestly she was being underutilized just in a circus just doing flips for people she took out an entire battalion yeah in and like arguably the earth kingdom's strongest battalion she wiped them out or rather bossing say's strongest battalion she wipes them out with in zero minutes. effort like oh i'm gonna just oh, let me pop down there and just get them out of the way i'll just yeah. sweep them up, up like let me just scooch them out cool i'm back we can go forward like um the word i was looking for was loyalty Ah, uh, yes i she was like a loyalist she, she's fiercely loyal yes. in the way that she's willing to do whatever it takes for azula yes uh and, and for me it's yeah i think very much it's rooted in romantic love Agreed. After you said that, like when yeah. we had that whole conversation, it was like, oh my God, you're so right. Like, oh my God, Amber. <laughs> like frequently on this podcast, like you will just blow my goddamn mind. And that was one of them. And I was just like, just like, Tyson like, doesn't make sense without it. No, I mean, like yeah. truly. Who is she? What does she care about? Unless it's like just Azula, what Azula wants to do, what Azula says. And I think her character is so cool, like, with that as a layer. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, Eric, where, like, she does have this, like, maliciousness that she is, like, willing and a willing participant in the violence that she is, like, you know, um, that she's doing. She's not just mindlessly doing it, right? Where, like, I mean, generally, we would think when we think of people that are like that, right, we're thinking Mm -hmm. of people like Azula who are just, like, you know, Mm. always like mean and like you know barking orders and and Mm -hmm. like just really aggressive right or like people like may who are just maybe like you know just kind of like oh i don't care like so like removed from the violence that they're like you know um that they're perpetuating right whereas like tylee she like is just so fun and bubbly and like whimsy that it's like that's not the normal archetype that we would see like in Mm. this sort of role and in this like powerful role where like I think it's really easy for viewers to like forget how powerful or not realize how powerful she is because like Mm -hmm. of the the type of character like her her personality Mm -hmm. right so um I think it's just it's such a cool pairing of um of personality with you know all of this context and um know we're gonna talk about it again later but why is the moment where she turns on azula so impactful 
why do does it resonate with us in such an it's like if they were just friends and she was just a friend who showed up mm-hmm. it wouldn't feel as heavy as it does no but, but it's it feels heavy. like the most earnest heavy betrayal or like not even betrayal but like fully broken afterwards she's broken and you're like the only reason this moment Mm. is so devastating is because of their love for each other yeah because you can't really say that it's love between may and azula like they are solidly friends i think may is amused by azula's um ruthlessness and really doesn't give a fuck about the world and she's like yeah let's burn it um yeah she's she's literally just like damn you're sick yeah cool what else i think she has to see her as like an avenue to zuko because like we have established she's had this like big long time crush on him right that's true she has a thing for uh little sad soft boys (laughs) <laughs> lost soft boys um but yeah i i think you're absolutely right um yeah. that limp and sawing useless. of yes limp and useless <laughs> after um, a burst uh yeah post post ejaculate limpness <laughs> yes. um which oh my god okay before we do that um literally what the fuck like it is a big dick and the way that it blows up is they put a stop to the exhaust of f- the meaningless mix of liquid and dirt that turns into sort of an off-white, milky, thick substance. And when that backup happens because of the pressure points, it explodes into a mess of uh, viscous ejaculate. And I was so confused. I was like... <laughs> How are they getting the the dirt or the earth into the water? How are they mixing this? And again, my steam engine brain that like, you know, I have 10 years on these things. I was like, how? Where is this happening? Where is the excess water? Where? where? Like none of this so in, design yeah. makes sense, like <laughs> mechanically. And how are they like, because we Does, saw the front of that drill. That much water? We saw the like, front of I, that drill. Like, and it's like it there wasn't a receptacle for any water yeah um i know that like there are actual drills in real life that use water in like essentially like the same way as they like oh animate this drill too like i've i've seen actual yeah like like tile cutters or whatever it's like you need water to help with the cutting like that's just the friction of it all <laughs> yeah you can start a fire um this episode is so, so sexual it's just yeah it in, in in theory the, the drills it, components would work and that's kind of what you would do but we're not really given those schematics so to us it's simply like wait why is there now a slew of mushy come like liquid being sponged sh- out of the back of this thing like literally they have like several cuts of it like covering everybody <laughs> like it covers the earth kingdom generals <laughs> it i don't it doesn't get to like the fire nation generals inside but it like covers the windows they're looking out of and everyone has this look on their face <laughs> it's that is it's 
really pornographic in the context that I'm choosing to see it. It's a lot. Like this, like, I mean, oh, oh, oh. So risque. Another favorite part of me is, part for me is like, when Aang and Azula, like like the first explosion, <laughs> they get like knocked off the side. Uh, like Azula clings to the side of the big metal dick, like just with like her hands and her, I guess like steel toe, like pointed boots. I'm sure they're like bespoke, they're beautiful and allow her to like cling to the side of a giant metal dick. Yeah and climb her way back up and then like it's it's pure physical comedy than like bumping into each other while like she's trying to murder him like we know azula like she's like it's time to end this and she's like literally slipping in the cum everywhere (laughs) i mean because we got a little warning on this episode I mean, maybe. I mean, we mark all of them explicit, I, right? We do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're marked. They're, it's, it is marked as an explicit show. And you know what? I will double check that. I'm pretty sure it is. It, there's no way. There's no way I would be like, we're not going to be. That's the whole. Yeah, no, this is no, it. It's going to be explicit. Um, amongst this fight that feels very slapstick in nature because of how whoa, 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 like we're slipping, mm. we're sliding, we're falling. It is also one of the more gorgeous fights another gorgeous fight amongst gorgeous fights that we see i was gonna say i think we say that like like, every episode like oh it is one of the most gorgeous and like truly they're all just really incredible and so like we never see the same moves twice right like we talked about that where it's like you're always always finding new ways and like you know um they're finding new ways and adapting to their environment to like yeah, use them they adapt in the... differently even. Yeah, it's so cool. As... And that's one of the things and... that's like the best thing oh about these. God. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Because also we're watching Aang too learn how to uh earthbend. So yeah. we're watching mm-hmm. him without like the context of like now in your next fight, go use these skills. It's like, no, <clears throat> that's not a part of it. He's gonna show us how much he's been training. He's gonna show us how much he's been doing. So like yeah. the fucking thing hand where it's just like, oh, yeah. let me take this and like shell it into a glove and just poof, and then suddenly it's like, okay, rock fucking pyramid, and I'm gonna start Jenga-ing boulder pieces out of my <laughs> yeah. wall at you. Like these moments are so cool and crispy and like yes. they're so clean. And it's yeah, just and really like, exciting to watch. You can tell that Aang is still a beginner, but also yeah. he is the avatar. He has the instinct to yeah. protect himself. We also like, see something that I bet for Azula is something that's never really happened, but her blast like so she's trying to blast Aang before he can give the final blow and she misses she's like a millisecond off and that's gotta drive my girl Azula crazy I mean (laughs) that whole scene where she's watching him run down the wall like first and foremost the cutting the carving the fucking wedge out of the rock and then running and you're just like this is amazing but then watching her, them like Dragon Ball Z-esque Looney Tunes towards the same destination. Yeah. And watching her miss by like that much and just, yeah. and just shoot like. Well, also oh, God. like 
more foreshadowing i didn't think of this episode as a lot of foreshadowing but it completely foreshadows her given like the final blow at the end of this season because yeah. i bet there's a part in her head that's like i'm not gonna fucking miss it this time yeah. i know this dude he likes to wind up and i made the mistake of letting him do it before yeah yeah I mean, it's 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 a nice stage setter yeah. for a lot of these characters. Yeah, that is really cool. Mm. Yeah, damn, this is like way more of an important episode than I thought, and it's so wild because like they actually breach the wall of Bossing Say. They yeah, breach it, I, and yeah, because yeah, they, they she was a millisecond off. They like, get the head she in. Get, yeah, she doesn't get her like glory. They or got anything, the head in, right? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that wall didn't even need poppers or anything. It was ready. Like, soft and steady wins the race, (laughs) as we know. Like, (laughs) breath work and some zen thoughts, and we're going to be okay. Uh Um, Yeah, got the head in, and then it (laughs) fell, it uh, failed, and yeah. Speaking Um, of failed, um, what about Jort? Jort comes back in this episode again. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> I was gonna bring we, him up we actually earlier. Talked about part of this episode as part of like the last episode, which is another reason why they shouldn't have put this all together. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's hard. It was really hard to tell where it was cut off. But like, yes. Yeah. In this, this is the actual episode where Ira warms up his tea. Mm-hmm. I'm yes. sure he doesn't know that that little thing is going to lead to a young man's death but it does yes um but it will yeah it will yeah so so listeners of the show (laughs) at the end of last episode we did discuss the whole jort of it all in discussion with how like iroh is making these bad character decisions and how he decides to heat up his tea and how that's like the the telltale sign for that he's a firebender it's it's all a mush and yeah. that's what we're talking about here. That's what's happening in this episode. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, I I mean, I still stand by, and we're going to talk about him more in the next episode for sure. Yeah. Because, like, mm-hmm. my my feelings, ha- yeah, yeah my, my feelings are still sort of a resounding, like, his friends are like, give it a fucking rest. Mm-hmm. Like, like, we are here he to is. start a new life. Like, maybe he is. And that's fine. Let's go somewhere else then. Like, how does yeah. that sound? Like, Let's you don't have be to be friends them. with these people. Let's yeah. just not be around them. And he's like, do you do you forget? Did you forget that these people killed our families? It's like, yeah. We'll never forget I, this. Yeah. But can we do let's just go yeah. like like is this going to make it better or is this going is gonna to make it better? I mean look yeah. at what happened the last time, and right? They're very cognizant of that. And like it's and I feel like kind of what we were talking mm. about in the last one where like maybe mm. Jort is like, ooh, Zuko and like has a thing for him because we do kind of see him mm. flirting with that idea of like, he should be with us. He should totally he be, be with us, right? He would be great. And they're like, what are you talking about? You don't know him. And he's like, no, no, no. We like, he would be so good with us, right? And We've so connected in a way you don't get. Because he's mm. imagined this connection, right? And I feel oh, like God. Jort is just Jet. a person that like, 
can't i know i know it's jet but it's jort is just so funny he's jort in my notes forever (laughs) Um, (laughs) but because he's he's like oh a young man that can't process emotions right or like and doesn't know um he was never taught like emotional literacy from anybody and maybe part of that is because his parents were killed right poor baby um but he is like ooh, zuko and then when he starts to like have this fantasy he feels extra betrayed by him because he had built up this fantasy of he was also hurt by fire nation that wasn't that wasn't yeah. made by waterbenders he was hurt I mean, like i was hurt exactly and he's you just can like see it on his face yeah so oh, and it's and i'm like George, just <laughs> just just, just go. build a new life in the city like there are Literally. other guys out there there are They've and all these been people, hurt by the fire nation. Every one of them. Don't need Zuko. Who, like, I get it. I've re- been <sighs> led astray by a pretty face before. Mm-hmm. We Literally. all understand, Jort, but... Who, who, who among us has not been hurt by the fire nation, right? Like, I get it. You're... And and that's just to, yeah. To raise your saying. hand if you've ever been personally victimized <laughs> by the Fire Nation. <laughs> Literally, oh my god. We all raise our hands. <laughs> we all raise. Miss Regina. <laughs> um, to 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 what you were saying, Jess, about like maybe maybe it had to do with like because his family died when he was young. There is a level of like emotional immaturity that feels so clearly because of him having to grow up too quickly yeah like not having the the sort of structures and then to being sort of the leader of this subset of like like uh outsiders all of the pressure and how young is he so like yeah part of me is just like a lot of those children slaughtered literally and so i'm like he thought he was responsible for and Mm -hmm. i'm sure it just is weighing on his soul and i know that it is tricky, and I know that he is a complex character. Like, and obviously, even... the part of me is like, run, go away, don't go, like, stop it. What are you doing? It's not worth it. But ultimately, his decision to follow them and, like, like mad dog them on the train on the way into Bossing Say, and then obviously we're going to talk about him more, it makes sense because of that emotional immaturity. Like, mm-hmm. uh, he hasn't. He hasn't felt this kind of betrayal before, especially something so close to home and just the like the vindicated rage of I'm going to get redemption. Like I will vindicate my family. Like I get it. And it's why they wronged me. They they changed my life and I'm going to change theirs because of it. That like they that who he thought was going to destroy him, like actually destroy him, his physical body and like, um, like cause him harm was uh, like, I'm obsessed with the idea that it wasn't the fire nation in the end. It was his own government, right? It was, uh, the earth nation. And so we'll, we'll get into that when we get to that episode. But, um, I do think that, you know, when, um, you know, there is something to talk about when it comes to like propaganda or like, you know, um, I mean, obviously, I especially so in the next one. I have about this in the next episode um, of the next few episodes. <laughs> but, yes. like, I do think that it is really, really interesting. Um, and his story is, the more that I think about it, it's absolutely tragic. And it's easy to be like, fuck Jort. But also, like, 
really realizing that he's just, you know, a victim of like of this war and of these different governments that are like vying for control and like just literally like destroying the young people in their nations and everybody. Um, it's a really interesting conversation. I'm so yeah. I hate Jort, he... but I understand. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. That he's still a person. Fuck boys. He's still are a person people too. Mm-hmm. And don't deserve this. <laughs> Unfortunately, fuck boys are people too. This yeah. Is true. <laughs> oh man. Um like, I feel like that's a solid segue, but I know that there's still more to the episode. I, I don't mean, know. There, how we're there's not really anything. I mean, we do see I'm, Zuko and Iroh with the couple on the train that, you know, has been handed. Yeah, that, with the baby. That Zuko didn't even recognize as, like, I mm. almost stole their shit, right? Like, yeah, no. um, I thought that was really cute. Uh, but other than that, yeah. I didn't really have anything else. Yeah, and we kind of talked about that in the last episode because the stupid thing was put together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, we see Iroh being a fucking cutesy little flirt. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, Which hey, baby. With. Oh, yeah. Give me what I not, want. Not afraid to Ugh. use his sexual wiles. He knows how hot he, he is, too. And it's so, like, that makes him hotter. Again. Because he's also, I feel like, generally, un- he's as, like, a fat person who is also older. I feel mm-hmm. like that's not of the what would be considered hot. But because he knows his power and his hotness, it like yeah. exponentially doubles his hotness where it's like, no, I'm gorgeous. Yes. And fuck, like 100%. I know I'm gorgeous um, and I know how to like use my gorgeous. Like the fortune teller saw like, it. She was like, Hey, handsome. Want a oh reading, a He's private so... reading in my room? <sighs> private. Yeah. Yeah. He's... I don't just read oh clouds. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do this new thing where I can like read books with my tongue. Um, it's so weird. And also it's interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Your body is. I know a how to read dicks with my tongue, actually. John Myers. It tells me a lot about um, somebody, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think we're done. Oh. Yeah. I, feel, <laughs> I think we're good. I feel we made it. I feel we were ready. <laughs> yeah, I feel good. I feel good with um that. Me ending. too. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for joining us here today on this gorgeous little episode of the Moments in the Oppas. Music and editing by Eric Lefebvre. Artwork by David Tercero. Please do not forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts because it helps us and we love you for it. Yes, and remember, Uncle Iroh was a war criminal. Even though he's super fucking hot. Um, exactly. And I want him to sit on my face. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit thenotstalgianetwork.com for more. You enter the dungeon and see the evil wizard pointing his wand directly at you. He says, Show me a funny and delightful actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast or I'll consume your souls! What do you do? I take out my phone and find Quest Friends Forever on Spotify. 
I show him how to find Quest Friends Forever on Apple Podcasts. I share the Quest Friends Forever Instagram and YouTube pages with him. And you all get critical hits! Yay! Quest Friends Forever is an actual play podcast starring four friends with varying levels of Dungeons & Dragons experience. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday as we embark on fantasy adventures, play fast and loose with the rules, and laugh at each other's shenanigans. No prior D&D knowledge is required to listen, so everyone can feel free to join the fun. Quest Friends 4, that's the number 4, like how there's four of us, ever. Find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Quest Friends Forever.